talking uh, the last few weeks about the idea of being out of control because in a lot of ways, that's how it has felt uh, during this time, during this pandemic, um, during this era of having to stay home and, and all of those things uh, that looks like it's uh, coming to a close here, that looks like there is some light at the end of the tunnel. And as, as he mentioned, I'm going to be uh, referring to that a little bit at the, at the end today. Um, so stick around for that. But, you know, the, the root cause of what is causing us to be anxious and nervous and frustrated and, um, and all of those things, fearful during this time really can, can be summed up to this idea of being out of control and that we have just had our control ripped from us. And so we've looked the last few weeks at different stories in the Bible that we can relate to in, in that regard. And today is, uh, is going to be the same because things are looking different. And so how do we react? How do we, how do we bring God into, uh, into our life as you should be a part of every bit of our life? Uh, but what do we do in these moments of out of control and, and when we're feeling out of control? You know, there are people that, uh, it, you know, it's, it's amazing, I guess, because three months ago, the way that we would look at things, the way that we, look, we would look at people and at, and at certain people uh, was different. Because three months ago, if I were to say, and maybe where you're at right now with the people that you're sitting with, you could, you could even uh, talk about some different names in regards to this. There are people that we would consider heroes, people that we would look up to maybe, people that we would kind of put on a pedestal and, uh, and look to. And maybe it was musicians, maybe it was, uh, you know, really rich people, uh, maybe it's uh, actors, um, sports figures obviously are, are in there also. Um, all kinds of different people that we would look to as heroes. And generally when we think about people that, that are heroes, I wonder maybe with the people that you're sitting with, Three months ago, what did that look like to you? Who do you think are the kinds of people that, that were looked up to in those day and age? Or, or maybe, or maybe the, uh, uh, you know, some specific people that, that people looked to three months ago that we're really not looking to now because the definition of hero, this, you know, reminds me uh, a lot of 9-11 for those of you that, that remember 9-11. Our de definition of hero shifts to really what it should be, quite frankly, um, of people of courage and people of character. Because quite frankly, a, a few months ago, if you're to list maybe some of the people that were looked up to, I'd, I'd be willing to bet that they weren't people of courage and character. Uh, I'd be willing to bet that they were, uh, they were somebody, uh, you know, a little bit different that, that fits into that because perspectives have shifted, haven't they? Our perspectives have shifted. And, you know, with it being Memorial Day weekend, it really reminds us of the people that, uh, that we should be looking to as heroes, that, that are people of courage and character, like Dwayne, who, who opened the service today, and those that are making the ultimate sacrifice and putting themselves at risk. Uh, you know, even not, not just our first responders, absolutely our first responders, but people are being looked at as heroes that are, uh, that are in food service, that are in, uh, you know, the, the people that pick up our garbage every week. <laughs> They're putting themselves at risk. Um, all, all different areas. Um, and, and now, as, as we're looking, people that are heroes generally should be people of courage and character. And we're going to look at somebody today who is, uh, who is somebody of, of courage and character. We're going to look at, at, a, uh, at a person who was a leader. We're going to look at a person who was put in a situation in, of being out of control um, and yet the way that they responded um, 
is something that I think we can all learn from, something that we can all, um, all take from, and believe it or not, something that I think we can all relate to in, in a lot of ways. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Daniel today. And if you have your, your Bibles or if you're able to follow along in the Bible app, uh, please do that. But we're going to be looking at the story of Daniel in the lion's den. It's probably the most famous story from the book of Daniel. Uh, there are a couple of famous stories in there, but this is the one that, you know, when I, when I think of Sunday school stories, if you will, this would be one of them uh, that always comes to mind. But this is not uh, in, in this is not really a story for the faint of heart, quite frankly. Um, there's a lot going on in this story that we can relate to. And it also reminds me uh, in, in many ways of Joseph. Uh, if, if you were with us for the first two parts of this series where I talked about Joseph, uh, there are some parallels uh, with Joseph's story and Daniel's story, but there's a big difference here uh, between these guys. Because while Joseph uh, had his past confront him in in many ways because of maybe some mistakes that he made and made in some arrogance that was involved there. Uh, it's not justifying what his brothers did to him, don't get me wrong. But we're, when we talk about Daniel here, who his past, uh, you know, and, and who he is as a person really did uh, affect what happened here. This is a man of integrity. This is a man of courage and character. This is certainly a man that can be looked up to in the way that he handled things and his perspective on God when things got completely out of control. This is a man who was wronged and completely mistreated and did absolutely nothing wrong to deserve it. Um, you know, God allowed him to go through this trial that, that he goes through here. And God received all the honor and glory for it when it was all said and done. Um, you know, so, so let me set this up a little bit. Um, because we're going to be picking the story up uh, in verse 10. But let me kind of give you a little snapshot of what happens in the first few verses here. Uh, because there is, a, uh, there is a king, King Darius. And he divides the kingdom into 120 provinces. And he puts people over these provinces. And Daniel and a couple other advisors who are just under the king are put in charge of all of these. Well, Daniel is really the only one who is a man of integrity. And is a man of courage and character. And is a man of God. And the other administrators do not like him. And they do not like that he has, quite frankly, the, the most favor with the king. And so uh, the, the other administrators get jealous, like you do. And they start finding, uh, trying to look for ways to get Daniel out of the way. And they're looking for ways and they're looking for ways. And they, and they come to a conclusion together that we've got nothing on this guy. And so the only shot we've got of getting this guy out of the way is to find something maybe wrong with his religion, to find something in there that we, can, uh, that we can hold over his head. So they go to the king. And while the king did love Daniel, everybody is, uh, every person is susceptible to their own pride. Everybody is susceptible to their own level of, of pride and arrogance. And kings back in the day, in, in this time, were thought to be gods and they were thought to be, uh, and, and even of themselves, they had a very high, uh, high esteem of themselves. And so these guys go to the king and they get him to basically what amounts to sign a 30-day lockdown uh, decree where no one in the kingdom can pray to anyone except the king 
And if they pray to anyone except the king, they're to be put to death by being thrown in the den of lions. And without thinking and really letting his selfish pride uh, take over, the king signs it. The king signs it, and when something is signed like that, back in the day by the king, it cannot be undone, period. It can't be undone. And this foolish pride of King Darius, he really didn't consider the consequences of his actions because he loved Daniel. And right there is a little lesson for us as well in this time. We have to be careful to not let pride creep in. We have to be careful to not let pride creep in because we have no idea what we might be capable of. And so we pick up the story here in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. And it says this, But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down, as usual, in his upstairs room. See, Daniel wasn't in the room when these guys decided to go to the king and ask him to sign this. He finds out later. Because clearly he would have spoken up. So he finds out after the fact. And what's the first thing he does? He goes to his room, to his upstairs room, with its windows open toward Jerusalem, and he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. He prays just as he had always done. You see, Daniel stayed faithful when he lost control. He stayed faithful when he lost control. All, all of the control that he thought he had, he was in, you know, as I was saying, like Joseph, pretty much second only to the king, yet he lost control. This 30-day lockdown decree is signed. His control is ripped from him in terms of his faith in God, which is the most important thing to him. But he stayed faithful. He did a trust fall to his knees, as we've talked about in the past. Instead of flying off the handle and losing it, he fell to his knees and went to God about this. See, we need to not freak out. We need to reach out. Don't freak out. Reach out to God. Reach out to the Lord. We need to reach out to our Heavenly Father. This is a guy that did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. Remained a man of integrity, even through this. You know, as a parent, it's... Uh, this, this, this is true, but, it, but in sometimes it's, it's, hard to, it's hard for us to hear this. You know, we are often as parents judged by our children <laughs> and judged by the way that our children act. Fair or unfair, it happens, okay? Um, but I wonder from us to our Heavenly Father, when we think about that idea, what does our attitude and our actions what does your attitude and your actions, what do my attitude and my actions say about my heavenly father? If I worry and I freak out, what does that say to other people about my heavenly father? Do we, do we have a lack of faith that can really reflect poorly on God unintentionally? Absolutely, but it can. I heard of this quote from a, a pastor in, in uh, Washington, D.C. named Mark Batterson. Uh, he's the pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C., and, and he said this, keep doing the little things like they're big things and watch God do the big things like they're little things. How interesting is that? How interesting is that? You know, we don't know what we might face in the future, but we know that those things that seem huge to us, that seem big, are really little things compared to what God can do. And when we watch God take care of the big things 
like they're no big deal, it reminds us of the faith that we really should have in him. In him. Reminds us who's really in control, doesn't it? You see, Daniel was prepared. Whether he realized it or not, Daniel was prepared for what was about to happen to him. God had him ready for this moment. He really did. And so we continue the story here in Daniel 6, verse 16. It says, so the king gave the order. He had no choice. He had no choice. He didn't want to do it. It actually says in a couple of verses prior to this that he, uh, he tried to find ways basically to, to get Daniel out of this. And there was nothing that he could do. So the king gave the order. And they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. See, Daniel had made an impact on the king. The king was not a follower of God, but he knew Daniel was. And he knew how much faith Daniel had in God. And so this is what he says to him. May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. You know, the interesting thing about a, about a lion's den is, uh, is I, I almost think that's like a nice way of saying what it is. Uh, you know, it's just a nice little lion's den. It's actually not. It's a pit. It's really kind of a, a, a pit where there are hungry, vicious lions who are kept in there and they're kept starved so that as soon as anything is thrown in there, people are just ripped to shreds, ripped apart. And this is more like a pit. And then what they would end up doing is putting a big rock over top of it, a giant stone and sealing it. And, and it was just a nasty, nasty way to die. And it was a cultural thing to do then as well, for whatever reason, everybody knew about this thing. This wasn't just something that the king made up or that people made up. This was a thing that was done uh, for whatever reason. And Daniel knew it. He knew exactly what the consequences were for his faith. He knew what that meant. Um, but he obeyed anyway. We've talked about this as well. Faith is obeying in spite of the consequences. I feel like this is a great definition for faith, especially in the time that we're living in right now. Faith is obeying in spite of the consequences. He knew what was coming. He knew what it meant for him to stay faithful to God and continue to pray. And from the way I read the text, he didn't even think twice because he knew who was really in control. He knows that God is all-powerful. And, and it even reminds me of, of that verse. It says, what can mere mortals do to me that's in the New Testament that uh, when, when we talk about the consequences for our faith what's the worst that could have happened to Daniel is what he was thinking is so I'll die and be with God what's, if that's the worst that people can do to us then what do we really have to fear when it's all said and done you know even though I must struggle I must obey that's, a, that's, that's really the thing that we, that we look at when we when we talk through this idea of obeying in spite of the consequences. And you know, it made an impact on, on the king as well. As we already read that verse, King Darius, he, he, was, he was not only freaking out because of what was happening to Daniel, he knew about Daniel's faith, as we've talked about. And it says that he was up at first light to see what had come of Daniel. Um, the guy didn't sleep at all, it says. Normally, the king in the evenings, he would go back and have entertainment and all kinds of stuff and just do whatever. He was worried and the guilt was weighing heavily on him. He was up all night, basically. He didn't eat. 
He didn't have any entertainment or any of the kinds of things that the king would do. He was freaking out. And so we pick it up here in verse 19. It says this, at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and he gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. It's funny because Daniel, it's, it appears, had a better night's sleep than the king. And he was put into a den with nasty, hungry lions. And you know, when we obey God, we need to be ready and prepared to be thrown into an out-of-control situation, into a den of lions of sorts. It's a very real possibility that when we stay faithful, even in the midst of that, that God's not going to make all the problems go away, but he's going to work in and through them in maybe a way that, that we don't see coming. But we need to be prepared, quite frankly, to suffer for the sake of the gospel, no matter what the results might be. You know, it's interesting because it says, Daniel said, the Lord sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. Now, theologically speaking, there is some debate over who that angel was. Um, whether that was Jesus himself coming down there are many times in the Old Testament where Jesus appears. It says in Colossians that he is the visible image of the invisible God. This might be what is uh, referred to as a theophany where Jesus shows up. This is well before he was born. This is Old Testament. Um, but regardless, whether that was Jesus Christ himself, it's, uh, it's the power of God that protected and provided for Daniel during this time. And you know, one of the best things about the story of Daniel is the parody and, and the parallel that is there with Jesus. Think about the story for just a minute and think about how many things um, sound awfully familiar. This was a man without blame. He was faithful to God in all of his ways. He was a man of prayer. He was a man of integrity. And he was a man who was sentenced to death because of the jealousy of other people uh, because he was being uh, raised up and he was being honored. So he's condemned to death by, uh, by plotting from enemies that wanted to get him out of the way. He was put in uh, to a place where a stone was rolled over and condemned to death and a stone is put over top of it. The next morning, the stone is rolled away in the morning and death could not hold him down. Death couldn't hold him. He comes out victoriously. He's glorified. Um, and God is glorified. And even the pagan people who didn't even want to acknowledge God um, are, uh, are pushed to God and begin glorifying God. And the enemies that, that put him there um, are judged. That's a pretty good story. And it's also a very familiar story in many ways. The story of both Daniel and Jesus, the Messiah, mirrored right there. See, God used Daniel's story to point people to God because it even says later on in the chapter about how the king declares um, 
to, to follow the God of Daniel and, and all of those things. It's, it's, it's amazing to see God use such an incredible, crazy story for God. And God wants to do that with your story as well because your story can point to Jesus being in control. Daniel's story points to God being in control. Your story during this time, and really during any time in your life, but during this time, we have an opportunity for our story in such a mighty and powerful way to point to Jesus Christ being in control of our lives. God is using this time. I believe this. God is using this time to prepare you for what is next. He is using this time to prepare you for what is next. God prepared Daniel for this, and he prepared him for this event, which also prepared him for what was to come. Daniel was able to point tons and tons of people to God because of his courage and because of his character through the circumstances that he was put in. And so I wonder, I wonder for you and for me, are people seeing Jesus through you and through me and through the way in which we are handling all of this? It's a tough question to ask, but it's the right question to ask. Are people seeing Jesus in the way in which we're handling what we're going through right now? Daniel prospered, it says, and the king decreed to everyone, to the entire kingdom, that the God of Daniel is the living God and that he will endure forever. That king declared that through that circumstance. What an amazing shift of, of heart and of culture through something that could have very well been just a bloody mess. And you know, we also see that mirrored with the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy. Check out this verse in the New Testament where, where Paul says this, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, this is really a story about the power and preservation of God. And your story and my story can be about the power and preservation of God during a time and a season of struggle, of difficulty, of fear, of anxiety. God can and will receive the glory for it all. But we have to stay faithful. And that's my connection point for the morning is that we need to stay faithful and out of control. Meaning in, in his control. Stay faithful and out of control because he will use your story. I promise you, he will use your story. Too many times we think that our story isn't worth it, that our story is not good enough, all of those things. Listen, the simplest stories have been used for the most powerful things in the kingdom of God. We need to stay faithful. We need to obey. We need to pray. We need to be, continue to be people of prayer. I was talking to somebody this week. It's, it's so clear to me how many of, of the people within the Connect Church family have continued to be people of prayer during this time. It's so clear 
that that, that that has continued. And we need to continue to be people of prayer because there is value in the volume of prayer. Absolutely there is. We cannot forget that the same God that shut the mouth of the lions has not changed and has not gone anywhere. We need to continue to move forward with what God is calling us to do. And I know it can be tough. I know it can be difficult. Believe me, this is 11 straight weeks of church online. Believe me, I know it can be difficult. But let me, let me close with this verse. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10, it says this, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, there it is, opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I wonder if, if we could just take a moment right now to be still and focus for a minute. To be still and focus for a minute because we need to stay faithful and we need to make sure that our Heavenly Father stays in control and that we, and that we don't let our selfish pride, as what happened with King Darius, maybe get us into a circumstance that it seems like we can't get out of. Listen, I realize that it's been difficult. I realize that it seems like maybe we've been in lockdown forever. That it seems like there, there may be a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel here. But we need to stay faithful. We need to not get weary and well-doing, as it says in another translation. We need to continue doing good. We need to continue to stay people of prayer. We need to continue to trust fall to our knees and we need to continue to remember that the God that shut the mouth of the lions is the God that is still in control today and is still doing mighty and powerful things and he wants to use your story to make a difference for the kingdom. And if you don't have a relationship with a God, with, with God that, and a God that loves you so much that he gave everything for you, he made the ultimate sacrifice as we celebrate those and remember those this weekend that made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom and our liberty. Jesus Christ made the ultimate sacrifice for our eternal salvation. He loves you so much that he was willing to do that. And if you've never put your full faith and trust in Jesus, let me tell you, he is completely in control. You might feel like you're being thrown into a den of lions. Let me tell you, God is completely in control in this time and in this moment and in the circumstance that you may be sitting in right now. And if you've never put your full faith and trust in him, let me just tell you that God created you to be with him. And it really is only our sin that separates us from him. And there's nothing that we can do to remove those sins. But because of what Jesus did, he paid the price for you and for me so that anyone and everyone can have eternal life and that that eternal life can start right now and last forever. And, and if you believe that, I wanna just ask you to, to cry out to God right now and put your full faith and trust in him right now. We have a spot on our website that can help to answer questions that you might have. Uh, it's at connectchurch.xyz next. And it just says next steps. And if you've got some more questions, maybe you need to talk to somebody about that. Please go there. Reach out to us. 
We would love to show you in God's word what that can mean. And for the rest of us, if you know for, if you know for a fact that you have a relationship with Jesus, let's continue to stay faithful. Let's continue to stay faithful and continue to, to allow God, if you will, to be in control of our lives because he wants to use your story to point other people to God. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, so much for your love. I thank you, God, that you are in control. And I thank you, Father, that you love us so much that you sent your son to die for us and to conquer sin and death and to give us a way to come to you and to know for a fact that we're gonna spend eternity with you. So Lord, help us to remain faithful during this time. Help us to remain faithful for the, for the glory of God, for the cause of Christ. Help us to remain faithful in what we're doing. Help us to not get weary in well-doing, God, because the time is coming. I believe the time is coming sooner rather than later, God, where, as your word says, there will be a, a harvest. Lord, where, where people are gonna continually come to you, Lord, where there's gonna be a revival, I believe, of people coming to faith in Jesus. So Lord, help us to not get weary in well-doing. And Lord, if there is one that doesn't know you as Savior, Father, I pray that today might be the day that they put their faith and trust in you. God, we, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.